Yeah, welcome to Piccolissimo. Mr. Tom Ryan on the, on the piccolo, of course. That's that thing. I'm so jealous. I know. You get to travel light, really light, yes. you know. Really. Carry my it's just my a piccolo pocket. everywhere you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a piccolo? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Kurt Lang over here on the keyboards. Thank you. And Ernest Jennings back here on the, on the drums and percussion. Yeah. Well, welcome, you guys. This is actually our... It's your second time on the show, but it's the first time since we've been re- recording podcast officially. We, we tried earlier. Uh, we've been... The show's been around for, for a little over a year now, and you guys were on uh, last year, tail end of last year, I think. That's right. When you're other, in the other room. And that's back when we had a... We still were using, like, a steam-powered PA. Uh-huh. You know? We had, to, we had you know, horses pedal. that powered the We had band. horses, yeah, right. yeah, and that big belt, and that was louder than the show, uh-huh. and no one could hear the show. So, so it took it's up a, big, a lot of parking space in the parking lot, too. Yeah, it took up the whole damn parking lot. So now we have Andy LaValle back here, Bear Sound, and so we're, we're very <laughs> happy that it sounds like it does now. So. But thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, it's a great pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's I, I generally, genuinely one of the most unique jazz experiences in town. For sure, it's wonderful. We were talking backstage about, uh, um, well, f- among other things, about playing on State Street and, and going to jail and things like that. Yes. <laughs> That's how you get the blues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just I earned my right. He's orange. I earned my right to sing the blues while I was waiting in jail to make bail. <laughs> how long were you in there? I don't know. It seemed like forever. It might have been an hour or two. (laughs) But by the end of it, you were going... (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So what'd they get you for? It was noise violation. God. That's just unfair. Was it... Maybe they didn't like the song you were playing. Maybe. Who who knows? Some people said I played the Flintstones theme too often. Yeah, but people know it. Like yeah, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? oh, it's, well, other people say, oh, you know what my favorite thing is that you play? Yeah. Is it, is it the Flintstones theme? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Well, it's rhythm changes for crying out loud. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, how yeah. many songs are written to rhythm changes? But I'm also, just, you know, how many reruns have there been of the Flintstones? Yeah. Come on, people. Oh, sure. Everyone yeah. knows it. Yeah. yeah. Does everybody in the audience understand? You hear the term rhythm changes? You know everybody what the heck we're talking about? You do? Okay. Never mind then. We won't go there. No, just for... Uh, yeah, but she's a singer. <laughs> the singer. She knows. No, oh, yeah. Well, well, so just a quick explanation. If you, if you hear that, that term rhythm changes, it literally means the chord changes to the song, I Got Rhythm. And it does. And, and lots, gazillions of songs are written. Traditional jazz songs are written. Um, on those chord changes. And lots of other because chord changes. Because chord changes can't be copyrighted. Hooray. That's right. That's right. What? Yay. I'm writing a song called I Have Rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why a lot, of, a lot of bebop tunes are based on, on the changes to standards so the guys could, could write them and collect their own royalties on them. Yeah. Oh, is that, was that why they did it? Sure. Okay. I wasn't, I thought, and this could be wrong, but I, I thought that part of the story was that they would, uh, they would be, get done with their, their stint in the, in the Paul Whiteman Orchestra or whatever, playing for, mostly for white people, you know, playing kind of real straight dance music. And then they'd go to the session at night and say, let's blow this thing out, let's, let's mm-hmm. play, and, and really dig in. And, and they'd use the same chord changes. changes. Yeah. And they'd use the same chord changes, right. right. But much hipper melodies and uh-huh. stuff like that. But uh, I, loved your, I love your set list. This, uh, it's, 
This well, doesn't look see. like a regular jazz no, gig from the cellist. But it's great. It's, it's very, very interesting. Cool. Well, you know, a lot of what we're about is interpreting the old standards. We're just going mm -hmm. a little older tonight. Mm -hmm. Pre-1922. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Is that, is that the deadline for public domain at this point? Yeah, Nin so far. 1922, yeah. Um, well, want to do one? Are yes. We, all right, let's do it. Uh, what would you like to do? I don't care. I mean, they all look good. I, how, how about right at the top of the list there? Is that all right? Ode to Joy was one. Sure. Yeah. This Not one, a typical jazz. This dates show. back to the uh, early 19th century, doesn't it? By Ludwig von Beethoven. You know, I'm not sure that he was even original with Beethoven. I think he might have adapted a folk song. What's it? It certainly sounds like a folk the Ode song. Ode to Joy. Ode to Joy. Beethoven. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but was it original with him, or had it been a folk song? You got it. Ask that of just about every. I think he was in the shower one morning. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you mean there was a maiden dumping water over his head from a bucket? <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Gotten <laughs> Himmel, he said. Okay. I've got an idea. So. Cool. Whenever you're ready. Am I to give it an introduction? Yeah.
another one that went exactly the way we were <laughs> <laughs> a good song is a good song yep. Yep. timeless songs actually have you played twinkle twinkle little star before oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We, were, we were playing at a party the other day and these, yep. these little kids were in front of us and and we were playing our venture jazz thing and one of them said twinkle twinkle yep. and so we started it was it went a lot like this it started like that yeah, well you know i've i've gotten requests for that at the farmer's market uh-huh. uh some little kid who i've seen there several times you know it's his favorite song i asked i asked him once i asked him once okay is, is there another children's song you'd like to hear he said uh how about baba black sheep and i said no it's the same one <laughs> <laughs> you want to try the same tune you want to try a snippet of that right what, Twinkle Twinkle? Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. But we could turn it into something else. We can't, I think we ought to. I'm sure it will. <laughs>
stuck with the piano a lot longer if I knew you could play it like that. <laughs> yeah. If I knew how to play it, I'd... <laughs> and the accordion. And the, whatever. Tom, did you, st did you start on piccolo? No, I started on clarinet. Okay. And you switched We, we to... shrink as we get older. <laughs> <laughs> it, was that in grade school? Is that pretty young? Uh, yeah, uh, fifth grade. Yeah. What was your progression to, that led you to the piccolo? Well, what I wanted to do was play saxophone, but the music teacher I went to was a clarinetist himself, and he said, if you want to be good on the saxophone, you should play clarinet first, and so that's what I did. Uh, and then I uh, took up the sax in, in high school. And then uh, I decided along the way that it would be nice for a jazz saxophonist to be able to double flute. Yeah. And then from the flute, I branched out into the piccolo. And you left the pack behind at that yes, point. Yes, <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. I, I didn't play music at all for about two years, and when I got back into it, I just went straight for the piccolo. Yeah. Was that, was that the sound that you were hearing? Obviously, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Uh, we, have different, we have students, you know, and I'm violin students. I've got some viola students. And I'm always curious about what draws one person's ears to the viola versus the violin and whatever. I mean, and a very subtle difference, probably... Uh, Maybe a similar difference from flute to piccolo, I don't know, which is a greater leap. I mean, like flute, how much, how, how much higher is the range of a piccolo? It's one octave. One octave, okay, so, so it's a greater leap, because from violin to viola is just, if, just the a interval fifth, of yeah, that. Right, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, piccolo is, in many ways, a more demanding instrument than the flute. It's certainly less flexible. Okay. The armature or? Uh, just, armature. just getting the, the sounds yeah. out of it. It's, okay. uh, it's a little more demanding. W was the advice from your, your original teacher, was that 
true, you think? Do you think that's a good thing? To... I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. There are certainly things that did carry over from the, from the clarinet to the saxophone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a kick out of, I was here a few nights ago, we were talking about this after the, or before the show tonight, and I walked in and, and Tom plays also with the Madison uh, Jazz Orchestra, and they were playing here at the brink in the out, outer room, and there were about, uh, the Madison Jazz Orchestra filled about a, you know, a third of the room, or a quarter of the room. Pretty powerful to see a big band in that setting. But Tom got up to play a solo sax- on saxophone. I thought, oh, that's cool. I don't think I've ever seen Tom play sax. And then when he sat down, they said, and thank you to... Ed Worth. And Ed, Ed Worth, Ed, right. Worth. And I kind of went, huh? <laughs> I thought I misheard, and then I stopped drinking. And I went outside and took a walk and had some coffee. But you explained it to me earlier, and I didn't realize that. So you, you actually... Tom plays piccolo and Ed plays sax. Gotcha. There you go. All right. <laughs> it's not that hard. Multiple personalities with multiple instruments. I like it. I'm going to start doing that when I play accordion, for sure. Sure. Can I... You know, Man, you get if paid you could change the wardrobe, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Change the wardrobe with it. Now, you know, one thing about Tom, a lot of people don't know, is not only can he play the piccolo, but he's capable of riding a unicycle. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Is that true? That. Yes. But he has never done them at the same time. Ah. Is there a reason for that? Well, I... Pain. You don't... <laughs> it's the first thing I'd think of. I don't want to risk dropping the instrument. Yeah, exactly. Cause, yeah, cause you, like most musicians, you would save the instrument and break your arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Our friend, uh, we had a friend that did that. Uh-huh. Um, so what have you been doing since we saw you last? And I don't mean Saturday. <laughs> everything. Everything you've done since then. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you've been playing a lot of gigs? No. No. Uh, Kurt's got something coming up. Oh, uh, what do you have? Oh, that's right. This Saturday. There's yeah. a new restaurant called The Bayou. We're oh. going to be playing there Saturday late. So. Where's The Bayou? It's on Butler Street. It's where Ken's used to be. Yes, that's on, that's oh, okay. on sacred ground because that is where Piccolissimo yes. made our uh, world premiere there at Ken's Bar and Grill. Oh, Ken's Bar and Grill, for, for those uh, uninitiated into Ken's Bar and Grill, is the, the location also that the Cork and Bottle String Band got their big start. And, and you guys at Piccolissimo, uh, it is the outer ring of the Capitol Square. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Actually, it's one off of that, too, is it? isn't it? Okay. It's on Butler? Anyway, it's near the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah. So that was where you guys played your first gig together? Yes. On the day I turned 51. So just a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. a minute and a half a ago. A minute and a half ago. Yeah. So how did you all get together anyway? I know Kurt's been around town for a long time, but you originally were doing... You were not from Madison originally, though. Right. I moved here from Illinois. Yeah. And I had sense enough to leave Illinois. From where? Mm-hmm. I said I had sense enough to leave Illinois. Oh, so yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about, about the college days yeah. a little bit, too. Yeah, I barely escaped with my life. <laughs> playing, playing, quote, legit music. Right? Sort of? No, no, no. Oh, no? No, I, I, I played jazz when I was a oh, student there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was in like a jazz it. band. I, I was uh, working on a degree in computer science. Okay. But I, but I was in ensembles there. I did jazz, jazz band and jazz combo. Yeah. NIU has uh, a really good music school. Were you playing, you were playing sax at that point, probably? Yes, saxophone okay. and flute. As a matter of fact, I did not own a piccolo at that time. Yeah. Uh, piccolo, my first piccolo had been stolen from me before that. 
who, who, how? <laughs> well, I suppose you can get away with it because it's small. It was, yep. ne- it was, was next to really, a viola. Really easy to get away with. <laughs> easy yeah. to snatch, yeah. Next to the viola. Yeah. Okay. That's why they don't, they don't sell those at, like, department stores. No. You, you don't get one in Sears? No. It'd be far too easy to, yeah. Yeah, because, like, J.C. Penney's and Sears used to have the catalog. You could actually buy guitars and oh, yeah. things, but not piccolos. No. I don't think. You could buy wind instruments, though. I, I swear you could probably buy flutes. At one point, you could have they, so, some yeah. wind instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Really good ones, too, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J.C. Penny brand, Silverton. Silverton. Yeah. yeah. But, Kurt, where did you come from? You're not, you are not from Madison originally. Actually, from not, I don't think anybody is, right? Uh, he was born in Kentucky. Kentucky. That's true. Okay. But I don't remember it. Yeah. I was only <laughs> a year old. But didn't you spend but a fair amount of time in, in New York City also? I spent a lot of time in Boston and Providence, a little bit in New York. Okay. But uh, only after uh, leaving here at 25 and coming back in my 40s at some point. Yeah. Last century sometime. Yeah. <laughs> was, that you, uh, was that your biggest jazz experience there, or were you pretty well uh, a honed jazz player at that point? I'm still not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. It, it changes all the yeah. time. Yeah. But. Well, he went to Berkeley. How old were you when you went to Berkeley? 25. Yeah. Was so he, he went to jazz school? Yeah. I went to jazz school. But I didn't graduate. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. I guess that's kind of a mark of, mark of honor, not graduating yeah. from oh, Berkeley. Yeah. I, I like that. Or someone describing their, their long litany of the schools they've gone to, and they said... And, and, I, and, I, you know, and I still love playing, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I went to Malcolm Shabazz and graduated from Malcolm Shabazz. Yeah. And, and then to Berkeley no, College not. of no, Music. No, he's not. He got a GED. <laughs> I got my GED at Malcolm Shabazz <laughs> in the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in earnest, you, you had some time. I mean, we're, we're making the rounds here. Okay. It's a very interesting group of people here. I wish you, uh, if you're not here sure. at the show at Mad Toast Live, you got to come down and check out a show. But Ernest, you spent some time in a mil- playing in the military sure. mm-hmm. bands, but specifically steel drum. Steel drum band. Yeah, what, what was that about? I was in the, um, well, actually a long time ago, 93 to 97. So I was, uh, played steel pan and then eventually yeah. um, drum set with the Navy steel drum band. And, um, and I have to say that that band is no longer around. Um, the Navy disbanded that, uh, I want to say in 99 or 2000 is when it's, there's no more mm-hmm. still bands uh, left in the um, Navy band program. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a lot of fun. You know, we play a lot of calypso, soca, reggae you know, type music, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I would think that would help the, uh, I mean, just talk about great attitude adjustment. Sure. I mean, you can't hear it. It's sort of like Steve Martin saying on the band, you can't play a sad song on a banjo. Right. And you can't really play a sad song on a steel drum kit. I mean, yeah? You're correct. You know, there's, okay. everything we play was fast, loud, yeah. fun. You know, it's a lot of, lot of, uh, uh, lot of upbeat tempo yeah. you know, type of tunes. So it's, there's hardly any sad songs yeah. played on steel drums. Well, you don't play, you typically play steel drums in the rain. Uh, right. right. <laughs> so it's sunny and there's sand. Right. Hey, you guys want to do a, a tune like that? Sure. Why not? Yeah. We're going to do uh, Joy to the World again, aren't we? Are we? Or yeah. are we going to do okay. St. Thomas? Or St. Thomas. Yeah, we could do St. Thomas. Okay, okay. Which, which you inform me is a Danish folk song? St. Thomas is a Danish folk song, yeah. Um, <laughs> the story I read on the internet was that uh, Sonny Rollins 
either his parents or his grandmother sang it to him when he was a kid. And then when he got around to recording it himself, he didn't even know the name of it, so he just made up the name St. Thomas. Really? Wow. Because it's and, a classic. And the, the U.S. Virgin Islands, um, before, before it became the U.S. Virgin Islands, it was a, 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 Danish, a Danish colony. Interesting. So they called it St. Thomas. Wow.
Not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> so sad. You'd have to be really screwed up to like have a song like that make you spring you down. Yeah. Okay. Anybody screwed up out there? Anybody feel <laughs> sorrow? Reminds me of my grandma. But this is a cool list, though. I wish you all could see this. I'm, I'm hoping that we get to the hymns uh-huh. section of the list. Uh-huh. Is that, <laughs> is that something you often do? Uh, there was a time when we, uh, a few times we were asked to play in church. Yeah. And uh, we took uh, their hymnal and took some of the, the songs and did our own jazz renditions of, of the traditional hymns. Love to hear that. Let's do one. You want, you want it? Uh, how about What a Friend? Okay. Okay. What a Friend? What a friend. Thank you for the request. <laughs> <laughs> Town. This reminds me a lot of my, my, my father and I used to play music a lot together. He played accordion and piano, and we'd usually play something. We'd be playing Amazing Grace on accordion and violin or something. 
And then dad would go into this cha-cha thing with it. And he ended everything with a cha-cha-cha. And then we'd always hear my mom in the other room go, oh, you guys. <laughs> I just thought that was the way it's supposed to go. Uh, would you ever see that Honeymooners episode where, where uh, uh, Ed Norton uh, played, played the songs on the piano and, and he did uh, Way Down Upon the Swanee River yeah. as the intro to every one of them? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, but I'm going to look for it. <laughs>
It's a good thing my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh. <laughs> She'd have some words for me. <laughs> cha cha cha. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I think she's busy investing in gold. Hmm? Yeah, she is. She is. Smart woman, actually. Hmm? Yeah, she's got some gold. Um, so, so playing at playing in church inspires playing hymns. I get that. Uh, have you played bar mitzvahs? Not yet. Oh. Because <laughs> that's a lot of fun. That's, Is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, when they throw the person up on the... Uh, no, no, wait a minute. That's a Jewish wedding. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> they don't do that bar mitzvahs. They're too young. I'd like to play a bris. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a, very entertaining. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know if that would be fun. <laughs> it's not fun for the kid. <laughs> no. Looks good on the business card, though. Yeah. <laughs> Playing for bris. Uh, it might take his mind off it, though. Uh-huh. That would be good. Is that something they do to children? That's right. Yeah. I see. Maybe something like this. Baby boys. <laughs> That'd calm them right down. <laughs> what, what other groups do you play with? Uh, obviously, the Madison Jazz Orchestra. Yes. Well, I, I'm not him. <laughs> yeah, that's Ed. Ed plays saxophone. Oh, in the, right. He's, he's a substitute in the Madison Jazz Orchestra. Yeah, you guys could be brothers. I mean, he really bears yeah. striking resemblance. Right, right. Uh, well, I met Ernest playing at the university because he's a conductor of a, a concert band ensemble that I wow. play in there. Cool. That's, that's different. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing that? Two years? Two years. Right, right. So you get to use the baton and everything? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. In a nice way. In a nice way. I was thinking if you started to get a little peeved, you could pick up a drumstick and start using that and looking at them with a sort of a evil eye. Or through a chair. Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so how is that? Is it pretty... I mean, obviously, at university level, it's not... You're not dealing with... Uh, teenagers. Teenagers. Well, yeah... N- and no, I meant uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 some days are good, some days are bad. Yeah. Um, there's there's more you know good days than there are bad, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I you know, truly enjoy you know conducting, and that's another passion of mine. And yeah. you know my forte is percussion, at my degrees in percussion, but I uh, in the last three or four years I've been focusing on conducting, and I see myself kind of. Moving towards that more so than, than percussion. I mean, this obviously this is my, this is what I do. I love yeah. playing drums, but I also like being on the other side of the stand with the baton in my hand and help mm-hmm. shape and, and pull music out of out of out of performers. So yeah, it's really no. fun. <laughs> so um, do charts for drum kit resemble scores for? Large uh, groups of people. They're, they're yes, they um, and some charts too. Um, um, you know, scores for a drum set, even on the staff. You know, the top the top line on the staff would be for a certain tom, uh, and you can go over down. Usually, the middle middle staff, uh, or so the the, the the space. So it's almost it's, more like notes. Yeah, like it notes itself. Okay? okay, and then anything above the staff will um, resemble or, or you know crash symbols or whatnot, yeah. and then you can label uh, the hat. Usually the bass obviously is on the bottom, you know, stems down, uh, so you can you, know, you follow on with that. Um, snare drums in the middle of the staff, you know, but you can label each space of what, what 
um, drum or someone that you want, you know, the, the, okay. the player to play. So well, I've always wanted to know. <laughs> okay. Sure, um, sure. How much Drum's does secrets. a conductor have to know of the score? Do you have to know every single little bit of every part, or does it become kind of in your head because you've listened to it, or how do you get there? But for for me. Um, I spend a lot of time score study, um, and I and I take the philosophy of um, if you're going to require the players to go home and work on their parts and then, then their notes, then it's the job of the conductor to go home and study the score because mm -hmm. I can't you know I can't jump on you or the, or the player for not being to play their particular part if I don't know how that part goes or yeah. to be able to express and and uh, convey from that. You know, from the composer standpoint, because uh, I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a really difficult job. You have now, did you study piano too? So I, I played I played piano. So you I'm, can hear all the parts. You can hear head. all the you know mm -hmm. all the parts, and um, it's just a painstakingly process. I mean, because you just you have all this this huge score has everyone's part in it, and and you know when the when the band you know plays that you have all the sound, and so I'm I'm really trying to work on my ear to get it tuned so I can hear notes mm -hmm. and that someone's at a at a pitch. And you, you need to tell them, okay, well, you're a sharper flat, right. one, two, right. let's, let's, let's take this particular passage a different way, right. make sure we're shaping it along with, and then try to interpret what the composer you know, was thinking about when they were um, you know, writing that, that piece of music. And that's so it's, right. it's a, it's and a, that's a lot more subtle than like, you know, my, my way, I'd probably, I'd probably run back there and say, give me that thing. Right, right. Show me here. I could do it, you know, and, right. and then the, they're crying. And right. So, right. You're, so you're obviously a professional and you don't do that. You learn not to do that. I, 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 I don't, I'll try yeah. not to do right. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's a big world, you know, the conductors, our world is, is, here, this yeah. big, where a player's world's probably here. Yeah, they got, you yeah. got to see the big, the whole the picture. Big picture, I like exactly. those little condensed scores you get when you're in yeah. music school. You can get a whole, like, a right. Beethoven, the Fifth Symphony, right. uh, you know, in a, a little bitty little book, you know. You're turning pages a lot. Right. But it's pretty interesting. Kurt, have you ever, like, I don't know why I wanted to, have you ever hit somebody? No. <laughs> 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 have you ever hit someone? No, not really, okay. I don't know why that came out. We, we were talking about. I don't know why I thought of that. I was smiling. You're, 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 you know, you're a very nice guy. I don't know why. Yeah. Hey, we have. <laughs> he's gonna hit me after this. Hey, we do have time for another song. You guys want to hear another one? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'd like to do this as a ballad. Okay. What is it? It's London Dairy. As a ballad. Okay. London Dairy Air. You have to be careful how you say that. Okay. Okay, yeah, we don't know this version.
thank you, Mr. Tom Ryan on piccolo. Kurt Lang, piano. And Ernest Jennings on the drums. Piccolissimo. All right, thank you, guys. And thank you all for coming tonight to Mad Toast Live. We're here every Tuesday night at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, just down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. Special thanks to Mr. Mr. Andy Lavalley from Bear Sound for doing our sound and being our podcast producer, which comes out every Monday and Thursday on madtoastlive.com. Thank you and good night. Thank you.